literary. We'll just have to just be like a. I'm kidding around. We can't. That's, we didn't. I know. Yeah, I'm joking. That's not you were how saying the show we works. Wanted. I know it was sort of. You funny. can. I mean, we can just talk about South Park. Like, we. I guess we can. <laughs> we can get one in the bag. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the literary literary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What song is it? I mean, I know the song, but <laughs> anyway. He knows the song. Okay. Wait, Damn it. With his voice, with the shuffle. Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joy Bonnier, and here he is, the man with kind of a plan, Sean O'Brien. I don't have a plan. I don't have a plan. Well, we could. T- this could te- theoretically be a crossover because I have the Constitution of the United States of America and the Law Dictionary, and we could just read that outright and and transfer that over to Paul Tinkering as well, and just have a cool banked one if we ever feel like doing. Yeah, it. that sounds fun. No veto. I use my presidential power. Well, anyway, I have books. Um, what a surprise! Just today, I bought Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare, the Arden edition. Yay. I also bought Sonnets to Orpheus. Hold on, by Real Romeo Club. and Juliet. Which number is that in your collection? Which ver- how many Romeo and Juliet's do I have? Yeah. Three. This is my third. This, that, oh, that's only number three? Oh, yeah. That's oh, a lot okay. for most of them. There, most of them I don't. I don't this think I have game. more than three of any of them. How no. many books does Sean O'Brien have? Yeah, how many copies of- uh, Sure, you yeah. can ask me that. Okay. It won't right. be that. I mean, okay, go ahead. Hamlet. We've already established. Hamlet? We got to take guesses on Hamlet. I'm going to say five. It's a great guess. I'm going to go the over. I'm going to say seven. Okay, so we have to clarify exactly what we mean. <laughs> Do you mean individual, like, physical books? So there can be several different versions in each one, but, like, every, basically... Every time you went to the register Hamlet. and someone scanned Got a barcode and, yeah, yeah. you gave um, them money. I think, I think you... Uh, oh, okay. Then, well, okay, then I think that, that excludes uh, gifts. So, you know, any, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Fa, I think you... Not counting the ones at home. <laughs> no, it's either all the ones or, you own. Oh, okay, wait, so what do you mean by home? Some in Jersey. Is that you still call that home? Weird. How many copies know, yeah. have you owned in <laughs> your like entire 10 life? Years, <laughs> I think I think six total. I have the Bantam version. I have two. Of the, I have three Ardens, but two of them are are like the separate ones that I brought here. I have the one Arden, which is the older one. Then I have the Oxford, and those are the five that I have here. Um, and I'm pretty sure. Sh- oh no! They, technically, I have the script version from the Kenneth Branagh ver- Hamlet. So you have seven <laughs> and seven. I think seven is the number. Yeah. Way to go, Joe. Yeah, I, I, but the other one is like a like technically was my sister's that the, that's in New Jersey. That's oh, a stolen book. Yeah, but it's you know a, a copy of Hamlet. So. and I'm and to be honest with you, there probably is one more that I'm just forgetting just because I saw it and I was like there. But mm. speaking of several copies, do you want to keep? Do you want to add more things? Do you have another question of? Oh, I would guess I I would go on with this game forever, but I don't want to. We can play one. if it was we up to do, Joey. This we can would do be one or two more. Literary. I love games. I know. <laughs> we can do one or two more. So another one. So we That's have, clear. I have three versions of Romeo and Juliet. There's, I have a wealth of different collections of books. So you can name another book and we'll see. Let's guess. Um, what's the uh, What's the other? Uh, Finnegan's Wake. How many, How many copies of Finnegan's Wake? Finnegan's Wake. Two. I'm going to guess four. Three that I can think of. Um, that's not counting the the. I have two different like use like you know users guide and like the readers thing, and then an, another one is the annotated. Ooh, are we counting so books not, on books or just the books? So yeah, themselves? those are not technically books on He's books. Breaking rules all over. I the place. can think of yo dog. I heard you like books, so I got you books <laughs> on books on books. I'm, I'm almost positive it's three, not counting 
the audio version that I have, which is technically. Oh, do we count audios? We have to. Then four. Yeah. Then it's I have four versions. It wasn't a purchase. The free download? Well, no, I went through a long process of downloading it. But yes, it was free. Illegally? Uh, no. It's in the public domain. <laughs> Let the record show I'm using the Larry David eyes at him. She <laughs> <laughs> got Larry David eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the worst cover ever. <laughs> from school um i have two versions so i have books anyway i have the sonnets of orpheus by a real guy i have two different versions so this is in the original german both of them have the side-by-side german but also they have they are different translations i've never read this i've never read any wilka i literally bought this like on the way here so i bought the bad guy from the matrix rilke i think no, that's... Didn't you say Orpheus? He's not the bad guy. Oh, that's Morpheus, and he oh, also isn't the bad guy. No. But no, Sorry Orpheus was the underworld. Anyway, I have a... <laughs> How do you watch The Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> What's the appropriate reading on the goodness of these guys? Since it is still June, I have Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf, and I have The Hours by Michael Cunningham, which is a direct derivative of... The... I have uh, The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Man, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I have Ulysses by James Joyce. Boo. I have, what the fuck is this actually? Oh, this is a, this is an old. <laughs> this is a subpoena. Oh. <laughs> this is an old version. This is an old um, printout of a uh, Paul Tinkering episode, which oh, starts with how far should we tolerate intolerance? Wow. That is this episode. That's when we used to like try and plan. <laughs> um, I have two magic books actually. Um. Like One of Magic is, the Gathering? I, no, no. I have uh, uh, 13 Steps to Mentalism by mm. Corinda, and yes. I have um, Practical Mental Magic by Theodore Anemann. So these are all mentalism. These are magic books. Mm. They'll divulge the secrets of, of uh, speaking to the dead and reading minds and all that cool magic shit. The I, third eye. I have uh, um, Hopping model. Freight Trains in America <laughs> by Duffy Littlejohn, mm. and I have the Freight, the, the freight Train Hoppers... Or the Freight Hoppers Manual. So if you guys ever want to train hop, that's the how-to right there for you. Um, and finally, I have Caro's, Caro's Book of Poker Tells. So I have a pretty eclectic grouping here. I'm uh, certainly leaning towards the magic and or poker tells. <laughs> Joey, are you leaning toward Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf? Because <laughs> I am. Oh, my gosh. Because I, I know not. you hate them so much, but Sean was my holdout as far as Miss Dalloway, and it's still June. And also, it is still June, so Ulysses is here. Magic, Why is it magic. June? Why is what June? It's not June. Is it June? It, it is June. It will be by the, maybe June. by the time these things. It is either June. It depends so on where we move up the post our Ulysses trip. Well, yes, no matter what, but yeah. that depends on whether or not we put Ulysses first and I just continue reading Ulysses, or we don't, we only do, we, or we just continue no, with the line no, I guess and we not. have- Sean does not want to read Ulysses. Sorry. No, it's okay. So anyway, so Sean is leading toward the <laughs> poker, the poker and or magic. Uh, what's the more uh, esteemed of the magic books? 
So I don't. So neither of them is necessarily more esteemed. <laughs> I don't know. Of that's that's like saying who's the most trustworthy con man. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly like saying that. That's kind of um, what I was asking. So, yeah, sure. so as far as I understand, the, 13, uh, the answer is Pendulette. <laughs> the Thirteen Steps yeah. of mem- Mentalism um, by Corinda was the or the first, Amazing Randy was the is sort of the beginning part of like it's it's the first real collection of mentalist. Uh, uh, magic tricks. Mm. Um, the 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 Anaman the one came afterwards. Anamanapia. So it's sort of building on a lot of these tricks, but also is a little bit deeper. I haven't looked through the Anaman one myself. Oh gee. But I've read oh, a lot gee. of the. Okay, Thirteen Steps of Mentalism by Corinda. Okay, cool. It's very nice. This book cost me a lot of money. Actually. Step one: collect underpants. <laughs> Step one: collect underpants. Step two: Step three: He is removing the dust ah, jacket. Oh no! Yeah, you don't fuck with me. All right, 13 steps. Here's a novel little thing from the 80s. It's called a dust buster. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the Future 2. The good one. It starts with the first page says Swami Gimmick by Corinda. Uh, Step one in Corinda's series of 13 steps of mentalism. Um, Then there's a little bit of opening that. And and so basically the contents themselves are uh, part one types. And then there's a bunch of different... uh, um, By the way, they call them... um, Oh God! What do they call it? Not illusion. Races and classes. What do they call a magic trick? It's not. It's effect. An effect. These are effects. Mm. They're not. It's not a magic trick. You you, mm. you refer to it as an effect. Um, also, we're a little bit through the looking glass here. We probably shouldn't be reading magic tricks on <laughs> air. We're divulging secrets. This is not cool. However, I guess we are saying we're magicians. So. Well, the second you have a magician's book and you start to do magic tricks yeah you are a magician and so you're sort of obligated to keep that secret it's the whole point is that you know you've been mentalizing those i don't know i mean have we done any tricks illusions michael i don't know (laughs) illusions michael uh it's part one types and then part two is technique part three is the actual tricks um that's it um and then i think they call them gags (laughs) um so the swami gimmick themselves itself so yeah, each one of these things. So the first one is, uh, then there's another one. So the Swami gimmick, and then there's another one called predictions. Um, so the 13, I wish there was a thing that just told us what the 13 steps are. It doesn't seem to do that. It just goes, jumps right into it. Because step three is profit. Different types of writers. Techniques. I'm flipping through. Uh, tricks with the Swami gimmick. All right. Anyway. Just give us the Swami. Well, I feel like there could be a more fun one. Uh then there's this, so step 12 is publicity stunts, Sean Fa. Edward Bernays, that's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, answering questions, step 11, uh, ba, 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 question and answers and readings. Um, the Swami gimmick is so stupid. Okay, fine. Mediumistic stunts. Ooh, mediumistic stunts, like sure. speaking to the dead. And then finally we have, or not finally, then telepathy, two-person telepathy, so like mind reading. Um, are you guys forgetting what I'm reading already? I want a mystic stunt. A mystic stunt? I don't, I just don't know what any of these things are. So when you tell me, no, that's not a good thing to read, then I have no idea what to. You're right. I'm sorry. Jesus, God. Billy. Yes, and asshole. <laughs> that's good. Blindfolds and x ray eyes. Um, and then finally. She got Larry David eyes. Predictions. And then predictions is step four. AF. Oh, mnemonics and mental systems is actually pretty cool. I don't remember Let's what do that. that is. Mnemonics and mental systems. We'll do that. That's, so that's step three. So that was I'll never remember that. He made that joke. God. <laughs> <laughs> I did it better. <laughs> I, I beg to differ, but okay. Uh, <laughs> no offense. Um, all right. Offense taken. I'll just go straight to it. Uh, introduction. 
To the mentalist, memory systems are indispensable. They are part of his equipment and the means by whereby... Or her. He can be called to perform at any time. Or her. So this book was written in 1964. <laughs> uh, when there, 68, 1968, when there were not women. Nice. A better time. <laughs> it was the handmaiden's tale. He, he can be called upon... To, Let's make by the America way, Kelly, great again. Kelly has requested that we do a handmaid's tale um, we already episode. Did. Have you guys been doing... Have we have? Yeah. Didn't we? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Not literally literary. Paul Tinkering. She, she means we watch an episode and talk about No, no. We, she right? just means we talk about the women's rights of, of like in the Hammond Town and shit like that. Like what would happen if all the women in the world suddenly became infertile? There was like a certain person. Oh, is that what that book was about? Oh, I didn't know that's what it was about. I thought they were just like oppressed. Praise be. Under his ass. I guess you didn't do too great of a job on literally literary. Evidently, I guess not. <laughs> In fairness, we only read like the first page. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't judge two morons. As the, guy came, <laughs> the guy came with the food. We had to stop. Uh, they are part of his. So uh, memory systems are indispensable to the magician. They are part of his equipment and means oh, whereby yeah. he can be called upon to perform at any time and give an impressive demonstration. They're the best types of equipment you can have, oh, yeah. as there is nothing to carry and no apparatus to prepare. The skill lies in the training of the mind. In uh, the skill lies in training of the mind, in conditioning the mind to operate to maximum ad- advantage. And once trained, that skill remains with you for life and ready to be applied. Before we concern ourselves with individual systems, we should understand, at least to some extent, the whole art of mnemonics. To get a general picture. We may consider the mind and look upon yeah, study it for, coins. look upon it for the moment as a machine. The history of mankind has shown that there are great thinkers and there are imbeciles. It is not I shown don't. whether the difference between the two is brought about by two types, each in, per, in each in possession of vastly different minds, or two types having the same mind, but one applies his to his thinking whilst the other does not. If the mind happened to be a machine, a vastly intricate machine, perhaps something like the electronics brain. It would be rational to suppose that the output of the machine would be governed by how it was operated and, of course, its ultimate potential. We need not involve ourselves with the ultimate potential of the human mind, as it is far beyond our requirements, and we're in no no such position to estimate such a factor. We can do, however, uh, we can, sorry, we do, however, concern ourselves with how to use the mind, and the reason is that we shall use our machine more than does the average person. Um, it continues, it continues. I like uh, it. It's cold. The word, mnemonic, the word mnemonic is derived from the Greek, uh, Greek word meaning yeah, to recognize. I don't like it anymore. If you have, it, I mean, I skipped a whole paragraph that does a little bit more, but um, b- basically the whole trick is like, uh, you have seen well-known the effect called the giant memory, where some 20 or 30 objects called out by the audience have been memorized by the performer. This is a wonderful thing. It's very impressive. It appears to be incredible. But if every member of the audience knew that given a week's practice, they could do the same thing, how good would it be to the effect? Is this the memory palace? Mm-hmm. Don't try to fool yourself that the ability to do the it's giant dumb. memory is an outstanding achievement. It is not. Any person of average intelligence could do with 20 words after a few hours study. The only thing, that you, the, the only thing they've got that they, have not, it, that they haven't got is the knowledge of how to do it. And if you keep that a secret, the effect remains as it is. Masterpiece. So the question is, should we keep it a secret, boys, or should we move on to divulge the secret of the amazing memory test so i've been watching a lot of ancient aliens lately and oh, we didn't get uh, to this <laughs> i'm sorry you're right we will next time I talk no no it. it's all right uh no i just wanted to uh drag up one little uh thing here is that you know a, a lot of what they go on about is just like the the idea of 
information being power and information being in the hands of very few. So, you know, the priests and people that were highly regarded in a lot of these ancient civilizations were actually more akin to scientists. They were the people that actually, like, you know, knew things and could, uh, you know, heal and control and build and design. And those things were, were kept secret as far as, you know, that's where we get guilds from, essentially. That's where, you know, the the, the Freemasons and, you know, those sort of um, uh, secretive groups come out of these, these guilds that were basically just trying to protect trade secrets and keep themselves employed. Right on. Cool. Joy, do you have anything to add to that? My grandfather was a mason. Mother, I fucking knew it. So was mine, actually. Jesus fuck. Uh, he won't tell me shit though. Surrounded I keep asking. Fuck- I keep asking about that ring. He won't tell me shit. Would you be offended if I told you I was a Freemason for a while? What, Mister Fa? I I would be ecstatic. Okay, that's cool. The amazing memory. T- I wasn't. Yeah. The ama- <laughs> I knew it was just a tease, but <laughs> the amazing memory test. Um. This is probably the most popular application of a memory system in use today. It has every qualification you could hope for as a mentalist. No props to carry. Do it anywhere. On stage, cabaret, the drawing room office, or walking down the high road. (laughs) I just pictured the bumper sticker, mentalist, do it anywhere. (laughs) It can be performed before any size of audience, two, one or two or thousands. This is becoming a really big bumper sticker. It is positively (laughs) sure to work, is easy to learn, and last and most important of all, it has a terrific effect on the audience. Jesus, what a great bumper sticker. What more could you want? <laughs> there, there are about six standard methods by which you may perform the amazing memory test. Mm-hmm. The idea of the test is to have the audience call out some 20 or 30 objects for you to remember those objects. Baseball. In, in their order. Hammer. Call some more. Cyclone. Okay. Baseball, hammer, cyclone. Uh, soldering iron. All right. So imagine that continues for 30. <laughs> or I do not propose. Clouds, dog, tree, cat. I do Umbrella, not, toaster. I do not propose to give you more than one method at first. Uh, it's confusing, and the second is unnecessary. The technique I have chosen is the one more used, and the one I find has served me well for years. Before I give the actual working, I should point out that the system can be cr- progressed to cover unlimited amount of objects. If you wanted, you could go into hundreds, but 20 to 30 objects is enough. It's a big house. It takes considerable time to deal with this number, and it is sufficient to make your point with the audience. So the first stage, to learn the system, collect the underpants. The first stage is to memorize a key for all the numbers from one to thirty. The key is an object which you, in your mind, can always associate with a certain number. To make this easy, we should choose objects that have something to do with the number. More often than not, an object which with which rhymes with the number. The following table is an example that can be used. Um, why there's no reason you should not compile your own table. For what sounds logical to one person does not always make sense with the next. Uh, the table that is given is the one that I use. So in other words, you, it, the book is encouraging you to come up with your own system um, based on whatever you want. Because those synapses are already Precisely. well constructed in your of, head. Yeah, and okay. I actually will add a different thing that um, your emotional memory is is much stronger than just your recollection of facts. So if you have some emotional connection to something you're going to remember it better than if you just hear something and well, that's, you have no... That's basically essentially how those emotional memories are built is because you relive them over and over again. You keep traumatizing yourself, and so those synapses are well-groomed within your brain. And so, yeah, they are Precisely. the easiest 
path of or path of least resistance for your neurons? So I, I won't go into all of them, but uh, n- no, it's okay. Uh, number one is gun. Two is a shoe. Three is a flea. Four is a saw. Five is a hive. Six is a trick. Seven goes to heaven. Eight is a gate. Nine out of line. Ten is a pen. So, and it goes on to 30, but that's the, the key. So imagine you've done that for 30. Second stage. This is the next stage. Having made... <laughs> Thank you, Corinda. It's perfect. The boat went down the, the river. The boat went down the river. <laughs> Chapter two. This is the next stage. Having memorized the code, you then create a picture to go with the number so that it is impressed even more into the mind. It is what I call, quote, the action key and means doing something. Always the same thing with the key. For example, let us take the number six. The key is number six is a trick. We could stop at that. But we can improve the system considerably by adding an action. So uh, number six is a trick. And whenever we have this number, we always think of a magician pulling something out of a top hat. The trick suggests a top hat and should always be remembered. It's the terrible one to start with. Uh, anyway, uh, other yeah, actions. seems overly complicated. Yeah, in other words, so the idea is, um, so the first thing you said was baseball, right? Yeah. So if, if it was the sixth thing you said, it'd be a magician pulling a baseball out of a hat. Gotcha. And you just remember that image. Um, uh, other action keys to reinforce the number codes are as followed. Number one, so gun, always shooting at something. Number two, uh, always putting something into a shoe. Number three, always an object with a flea hopping out of it. Number four, always something being sawed into two pieces, et cetera, oh, et cetera, et cetera, all, slightly the, way, different than I thought. all okay. the way down to 30. Okay, so finally it says the application of the Amazing Memory Game. For stage work, have everything written on a big blackboard. Hang on, let me just make sure. Okay, this is fine. The applicant, okay. For stage work, have Matt everything Devolge written out any, on a uh, big blackboard, kind of, so that all the audience can see. For small audiences, simply have the objects written on a sheet of paper. Uh, take a piece of paper and write a column of figures from 1 to 30 down the left-hand edge. Now, invite anybody to call out any object they like for number one. The audience should remember their objects as soon as you hear the object is chosen. You quickly work out your number key for number one. That is, number one is the gun. And immediately associate your key with the object in your, mi- in your mind. Don't worry about being sensible. The more stupid the picture you create, the better it will be. So that's kind of the key there. So yeah. don't worry about it making sense. If it's dumb, you're still going to remember it. Uh, suppose you were given the first object as a mouse. Okay? We could think of a little white mouse gun standing mouse. in a bigger position whilst we try to shoot at it with a gun. Or you could just be the one shooting the mouse, or a mouse could be shooting at you. However it works in your mind, it's fine. Just remember to associate the mouse with the gun and have it doing something with the gun. Everyone has to shoot the mouse. (laughs) Having created a vivid picture, associating your key with the object, you immediately forget it and go on to the next number two and do the same thing. Every time you get an object, taking them in correct order. Of course, you make up this mental picture and then forget it until finally you have completed the 30. Each object given by the audience is recorded as it is given on the sheet, a task which may be given to any member of the audience to do. Uh, be sure you remember the action keys and always remember the action um, with the object selected by the audience. This will make it a lot easier for you when you come back to the stage. Um, then it breaks down like calling objects back. Um, and basically they're going to call out. You can call it in any order you want, but you will remember it across the board. And that's how you do the amazing memory trick. Anyway, there's that. 
quick calculations, mental arithmetic. arithmetic so is that separate from the memory story. palace thing? I think it's the same. The memory palace is like recalling, you know, people name out a bunch of things, right? And then you call them back. Yeah, that one is a little bit more um, like uh, storytelling to yourself, though. So the memory palace is more like if I want to remember the baseball and then I forget what everything else I mentioned, but uh, baseball, soldering, iron, you know, gun. I, you said I, neither of those two things. Whatever. Hammer. You did say umbrella. You said, yeah, baseball, hammer. Um, Obviously, I'm not a mentalist. <laughs> but the um, the the memory palace is that you walk into your house, and to your right, you see your, uh, uh, you know, your dining room table, and there is a uh, a baseball on it. And then you keep walking into the next room, and what you oh, see in there is yes, that is mentioned in this too. No, Correct. Okay. That is not the same thing. No, that's slightly different. But yes, you're mapping the memory yeah. itself. Oh, is that what it is? M- memory mapping. I mean, in a sense, I, I is that is there a no- nomenclature for this? I think what you more said, so the, than the memory, memory palace okay. is the same thing. Yeah, okay. you're, you're you're doing the same thing. It's, I'm using it's, words right. Yay! It's, it's a mnemonic. Ultimately, yeah. what it comes down to is, no matter what it is, it's a mnemonic. It's a, a mnemonic device which allows you to remember things better. So whether you're yeah. using the memory palace technique which you're talking about, or this sort of like, I don't remember exactly. what I also hate that. the idea of thoughts being devices or tools. Action words beside the point. Thoughts being devices or tools. Yeah. What does that mean? So like when I used to work in uh, uh, corporation, uh, you know, call centers and whatnot, uh, they would, you know, have uh, little training sessions where we would develop our tools for interacting with with people. Um, The idea of, you know, a tool being a non-physical item really perturbs me. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So what about like a speech act? When someone says speech act, does that bother you just as much? Speech act? Yeah. I'm not sure what that means. When you talk about free speech, it, it's the, you know, just saying something is not necessarily. Speech act means talking? Kind of, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> John Stuart Mill, my friend. John Stuart Mill. Uh, all right. Let's go to mediumistic stunts and then we can call it a day mm. with this. Uh, well, I guess we can jump over to the Adam We can do whatever we want now. We could also do poker towels. I mean, we can. We're we sort can of- always do whatever we want. I'm incapable of doing whatever I want. You have no power. Now we can't. Oh, you did? Did you shut it off? Accidentally, yeah. Oh, wait, the we're lights recording still on. now, though. I just restarted it. Yeah. So the audience missed you saying that would have been a great way to end the show. But now they heard it. Now they just heard me saying it, but they never actually heard you saying it. Hey, snowflakes! Do not think of a newspaper. <laughs> do not picture in your mind a newspaper. Whatever you do. Don't picture your, don't picture a newspaper curled up on the side of a river, all dirtied from June sixteenth. Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, I have mediumistic Bloom mediumistic bullshit. tricks. Um, it's like how to be a medium. Those are kind of cool. Spirit guide, Corinda Ghostwalk, uh, phony business, poker tells method. Poker tells. Jump to poker tells. Poker tells. Poker tells. Okay, I like that too. I, I think it's a good idea. Liquor in the front, poker in the back. All right, so we'll jump to <laughs> grabber on the bottom. I know. Sexist. Yeah, that's not even. But like, grabber's not a thing. It's an inside joke. Oh, well, they can't. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's my, not for myself. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Caro's book of poker tells. This is kind of fun mm. by Mike Caro. Oh, go figure. Wow. Uh, so it says the psychology and body language of poker. Is this like that uh, that BuzzFeed chick that nominated herself as one of the best young photographers? I have not heard of this, uh, but no, I funny. don't know. Maybe. 
this revolutionary book, written by the world's foremost authority on poker strategy, psychology, and statistics, shows you how to use the art and science of tells. Know what your opponents hold by studying their gestures, words, and body language. All of this can help you win all their money! It's or in like all caps is to win all their money. So uh, basically, uh, no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run. You better never count your money when you're sitting at the table. It's time enough for counting when and the deal is done. done. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of that guy who runs around from those commercials in the 90s with the punctuation on his suit. He's yeah. just screaming at you guys, totally. money, 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 money. That's Donald Trump, though. Free money from the government! <laughs> yeah, that dude. Okay, hold on. Sean O'Brien, I have a question for sure. you. Sure. If you had a suit and you had to have one punctuation mark all over it. Sark mark. Like that dude. Which punctuation mark? That's a really funny question, and I need to find a funny answer. Shafa, <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Uh, I just said Sark mark. Star- What's that? That's the uh, the sarcastic uh, marcation, demarcation. It was a punctuation that was attempted to be started probably like 15, 20 years ago. But the the reason they fucked up what? is they tried to copyright it. So they were trying to charge everyone to include it in their fonts, which is why it never actually took off. This is it's brilliant. Like, it's something like an at symbol, but it's a little, It's I think it's like, a, like an S with a circle around I've it or something. I've never but, yeah. heard of this. Yeah. This is amazing. It's a great concept, but they just fucked themselves by trying to charge for it. Um, so, okay. Basically, if you were to write an E and put, uh, like, a, like an unclosed E, and then put a dot where the close would be, um, and then flip that upside down, <laughs> that's a Sark mark. Let me see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's like a lazy at symbol. Everything you said is like a lazy at symbol, though. Every time, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one was a lazy and symbol. Oh, correct. I'm sorry. Yes, you're Don't exactly Don't you right. at me. <laughs> I love it. Tune to pause anchor for more of that shit. Or don't if you know. You should just change the name of the show to Strawman. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. Uh, I don't care. someone is. I don't care about the author. Oh, yeah, no. Why would we? Do I care about the introduction? Um, not unless he tells me how to beat fools up poker. Uh, let me just it's fine I'm sure it's all fine basically at the end of this whole thing he's saying remember (laughs) keep a cool disinterested attitude you should be as eager to find a reason to pass (laughs) as you should be to call concentrate and and let the tells talk when you graduate from this tells course you'll know for sure why this man and there's a picture of a man Mm, sitting there staring at you kind of looks like uh the graduate i was gonna uh, say that it looks like a young dust young dustin it totally does it looks like a it looks like a like a caffeine free version (laughs) over over narcot narcoticized version of dustin hoffman hoffman light yeah and then there's another guy as this man (laughs) Another man yep. doing a face. So they have a little, like pictures little less this. Dustin Hoffman. Mm. They have pictures. It's sort of like you know a, a slight scowl as if he's looking. Is that a different dude? Else. No, same guy. Mm. Different face. You got the Godfather. Chapter two: How to read this book. <laughs> Left to right, up to down. The tells discussed in this book follow a disciplined format. It looks like this: photo, study the corresponding photo, title, a label to give you an idea of what the tell is about. Category provides the type of tell. Description explains what the photo shows. Motivation the player's reason for acting the way he does. 
reliability. Weak players, percentage. Average players, percentage. Strong players, percentage. Reliability is the rough, educated guess based on several studies and much personal judgment that shows how often a tell is likely to be accurate. Uh, keep in mind that it does not need to be, and seldom is, 100%. Tells give you an indications which should balance against all factors. For instance, if you get a medium-strong uh, tell... Would it be noted that he did a Shatner-esque bounce during the word balance? <laughs> For instance, if you give a medium-strong tell that your opponent is bluffing, but he never bluffs, you have a problem. You should give value to the fact that an opponent never bluffs, but you should also give value to the fact that he seems to be bluffing. One thing that's for certain, he's more likely to be bluffing when you see the tell than when you don't. Okay. There was extra hand gesticulation on that. To be successful as the science of tell, to be successful at the science of tells, you must always rate the reliability in relation to the situation at hand. It's interesting to note that a tell does not need to be 50% accurate to be of value. Suppose the pot was $400, and it cost you only $100 to call. Suppose, you, suppose further that you could beat a bluff and only a bluff. If this situation occurred five times, and you called every time, you'd need to catch your opponent bluffing only once to break even. That's because you'd lose $100 four times, total $400. And once you'd win the $400 that's in the pot, uh, in other words, you'd need to win only 20% of the time. Then, if a tell led you to believe there was a 40% chance of your opponent were bluffing, it would certainly be worth a call. Some tells are nearly 100% accurate. Others are simply powerful clues, which you should use along with factors to make your decision. Then there's like a value per hour, etc. then discussion. So this is all kind of breakdowns of how to use the book. Then we have a MCU, using MCU poker charts. Medium close-up? I know, right? I devised MCU poker charts because there, there was a clearly a need for a common method of presenting poker hands in printed form and on the web. These charts are designed to be read from left to right and top to bottom, just like you're reading this book. Oh, that's how I've been doing it wrong this whole fucking time. I was like, book this reading. You're like just to bottom to top and right to left from read this to designed our charts these. When I was in third grade, there was a girl that was in her class that used to read books upside down. And the teacher used to always yell at her. Did you call her Yoda? <laughs> That's good, Joey. <laughs> tell, us, tell us from those who are unaware. Uh, so I'll, I'll read a couple different things. It's a very picture-y book. Uh, Cairo's Law of, of Loose Wiring and Poker, and poker Tells. Um, oh, first I'm going to share a secret with you. Then no. we'll put our heads together and figure out what it has to do with Poker Tells. The secret is so powerful that it applies to real-life situations you encounter many times each day. It has special importance to poker generally, and to tell specifically, as we'll see later. First, let's look at a version, specifically edited for this book with MCU poker charts included, of something I wrote for the Card Player magazine early 1999. The heading was, Caro's Law of Loose Wiring, Possibly Poker's Least Understood Concept. What accent is that? I'm not really sure. I guess it was like a it smug, was transatlantic, it was transatlantic, it was like a regular white dude from... From a Brit regular what? white dude, huh? That's that's not racist at all. A regular white dude isn't racist. Mm -hmm. That was sarcasm. Hence my Sark Mark fucking outfit. Oh yeah, I didn't answer your question. Okay. Ampersands. Oh, that's not punctuation. It's not. It actually was the twenty seventh letter of the alphabet. Wait, it's not punctuation. <sighs> How is it not punctuation? Ampersand? It's just, it, it actually... It, oh, because it's representing a right, word? Right, exactly. So it's like shorthand, essentially? Exactly. 
So the the twenty seventh letter was going to be shorthand for a word. No, no, no. the twenty seventh letter was the ampersand. Basically, that's how it got the name. It was basically it meant um, it, it meant and the way that the word ampersand came about was um, at the end of the alphabet was that symbol which was in use as just to you represent and. Um, but at the end of the alphabet, whenever you like W X Y Z uh, and, it usually be like W X Y and Z and. Which didn't make any sense. So it was like W X Y Z and per se and. So in other words, per se meaning um, f- by itself. So and per se and, and then eventually that became scrunched together to mean ampersand. And it was at the end of the alphabet as early as like I think in the you know like 1901 or whatever the fuck. Hmm. Anyway, that's the history of the ampersand for you. <laughs> Tune into this show for more of that. (laughs) (laughs) So since that is technically not a punctuation mark, what is covering your suit, sir? (sighs) Do not evade the question! My first first instinct was to say a semicolon, just because I thought it'd be funny. Like, you could have it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I don't really know, like, dots and commas around. And, like, you're getting the best of both worlds. But also, that's just a stupid answer. So probably just exclamation point because I'm loud. But also question marks because I'm perpetually in an existential crisis. So... Yeah, I'd say all of them. May I please say all of them now? Maybe just a, maybe just a big period. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's dirty. Um, tells from actors. Uh, tells from those who are unaware. I don't know. This book is broken down into two parts. It's stupid. This book's dumb. Okay. I wish it was. I wish it was better. I like it. It's just hard Skip to that do shit. more. Final thoughts. What are answers? It's just so many pictures that like have these things. So it's like, look at this guy. What do you think he's doing? Did you ever play poker? Oh, yeah. I was very good at poker. I still am. Like uh. you played in tournaments? Sure. Did you win? Yes. Because you had, you knew how to Hence tell. very good. <laughs> were, were you like uh, able, able to, to check out the tells of your opponents? Yeah. Yeah, in a sense. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that good at it, but I, I, more specifically, I'm, I'm He's a, a student of the human condition. Yeah, I'm a more cautious player than I am anything else, and so I can kind of gauge... Relatively, yeah. I'm not very. I'm not terribly good with statistics. I'm not that fast with math, and I'm not. I'm not crazy trained in like tells and shit like that. So I'm not. You know, I w- I I couldn't make a living at poker, no question. If I worked at it, maybe I could get good enough at it. But, but no, I mean, but yeah. Whenever I used to, I would play in. Whenever I go to Vegas, it was fun. I did. We did go to like not Atlantic City, but there's um, where the fuck was this place? It's somewhere in Pennsylvania, I think. Um, New Year's Eve, my parents and I went to like. Uh, and my best friend, we went because it was like halfway between. We were going to head back down there. Um, and it was the first time I sat at a table where you're actually where you're not playing a tournament because those are just much easier. Oh. You just do a buy-in mm-hmm. and you play with like legit money. So yeah, what yeah. you bet is what you bet, which is fucking terrifying. Actually, mm. it's like a really scary table. And I hit a fucking straight flush at that table. It was rad. Wait, this was a table, uh, a table where you were just playing, playing against your own dealer. money. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not against the dealer. Playing, everybody's playing each other. Um, and it was like Hold'em. It was Texas Hold'em. Um, I'm confused then. Why is that different than the other way? Usually you'd buy into a tournament, so it'd be like yeah. 20 people and you come on. And oh, like, and then, yeah, yeah and everything's kind of fictitious at that point. I see what sort you're saying. Of, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever the first prize. Yeah, the, the chips don't really make, make dollars to dollars. So. Precisely, yeah. rather than you sitting down and being right. like, okay, I'm going to play with some strangers and legit the, play with money. Yeah, this is a, a regular casino table where you can get up and leave anytime you want. Correct. Rather than, yeah. Correct, yeah. But anyway, history of flash was off. I imagined it was like the old west, and you threw down like a watch, and then someone like threw down like some old school deed, <laughs> like then, a bill of sale. Yeah, totally. and then you like lifted up your shirt and you showed him your revolver. <laughs> um, 
you would never have a gun. Sure, I'd have a gun. I'd buy a gun. In the Old West, you would have a gun? We need to do our gun episode, Paul Tinkering. You boys need to get some firearms. <laughs> we'll do that soon. No. Next couple of weeks, I think we'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe sometime in late, late June, early August, or early July, whatever it is. That'll be after the race war. Like, a dark thing to end on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to <laughs> The End of the World. <laughs> Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really a literally uh, literary. Remember to follow us at Paula Tinkering on Twitter. If you get a chance, please head over to www.fallcast.com. You can donate to our Patreon project, and uh, you can also check out our other shows while you're there, and you can rate us on iTunes if you get a chance and uh, help other people find us and tell a friend because... I love your faces. She got married, <laughs> <No>. David. As. <laughs> <laughs>